Today I'm talking with Dr. Allison Cook, and we'll be discussing how to discover the best of you. Dr. Allison delivers life-changing strategies for helping women develop their voices, forge healthy relationships, and embrace the holy, sacred work of becoming their true selves in God. I'm sharing with you a portion of the conversation I had with Allison for our Replenish community. She shares about the difference between selfishness and selfhood, which leads into a conversation about following the example of Jesus in the area of boundaries. I'm Jim Fadling, and it's time for I Can Do That. Dr. Allison Cook is a psychologist and writer who has earned the trust of thousands of women through her practical, wise, and compassionate approach to becoming a whole person. Her popular blog and podcast reach over 50,000 women each week. Over two decades, she has helped women heal from past wounds, develop a strong sense of self, forge healthy relationships with others, and experience a loving God who is for them. She is the co-author of Boundaries for Your Soul, a faith-based adaptation of the internal family system model of therapy, as well as her new book, The Best of You. She and her husband, Joe, are the parents of two young adult children, and we are in for a treat today. So buckle up and enjoy this excerpt from the full conversation with Dr. Allison Cook. Um, we sometimes we think it's selfish to be even having this conversation about me, 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 and I get to have a voice. Right. Um, talk to us about how this might may or may not be selfish. Yeah, and that I, I talk about um, a little bit. This was my you know twenty year uh, journey with this. Was I went through a period of time. I was a therapist. I'd really been conditioned. I'm high in empathy, like, and then I'm taught only focus on other people, put yourself last you know, and then I'm trained, you know, how to do that as a therapist. And then, you know, I find myself in my early early thirties, just completely burnt out, run down, bottomed out because I only know how to focus outwardly and have no clue what I need. And I remember vividly, um, and I was, I was just bottomed out. I mean, I had to take a time out. I had to take a break, meaning just take some time off school, off grad school. And, and I, this question popped into my mind and it was, what do I want? You know, and it was just this weird moment of, and it, and the answer surprised me. And so I, you know, that was my own beginning, you know, that was, you know, 20 years ago, but it was my own beginning of, that is not a selfish question. It's, it's a, actually a really imperative question. And so in the book, what I do, but, but the, but when I, if you ask, what do you want? And I'll ask my clients, you know, they'll come in and they'll say, well, so-and-so thinks I should do this. And so-and-so thinks I should do that. And so-and-so thinks this. And inevitably I'll say, what do you think? What do you want? And it's almost always this deer in the headlights, right? And, you know, what if what I want is selfish? What if what I want, you know, we immediately go there. It's so fascinating to me. And so I have this exercise. First of all, I say, it's conceptually what I would say is selfhood. Selfishness is saying it's all about me. We're not after that. Selflessness is saying it's never about me mm-hmm. when it's at an extreme. That's not healthy either. Selfhood, this idea of having a, a true self, um, is it is about me, 
And it's also about you. And so, and the best way that I can be healthy in my relationship with you is to understand what I, who I am, what I need and what I want so that I can also understand what you need and you want. And so that together we can create something beautiful. And so what I do in chapter one is kind of have this exercise of just, just start brainstorming, you know, just start writing down, what do I want? And women are always shocked. It's not rare. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There's a few selfish things on there, you know, but inevitably it's like, I want peace. I want my kids to be healthy. I want my marriage to be thriving. I want um, good friends. You know, it's not selfish stuff. Nine times out of 10 that we actually want deep inside. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. There is a lot, there are a lot of good things yes. that we want and we don't yes. even give ourselves permission no. to look at them and acknowledge them. I mean, and this is classic, um, I mean, classic old spiritual wisdom, right? The uh, Ignatius, yeah. This yes. question, yes. what do you want? Yeah. What brings you this life? Is, yeah. Yeah. And 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 they didn't seem to think that it mattered that we're asking that question. And they right. actually felt that, that that question leads to you finding out uh, God's yeah. will. That's right. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Shocking. How can that happen? It's it's just fascinating. You go, isn't like all these things that I actually want? I don't know how to get them, sure, but what if they are actually the path to, you know, the life that God wants to help us forge? I agree. Yeah. God has made us, um, I've been this phrase from Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. That's been mm -hmm. hovering in my mind now for mm -hmm. a few weeks and mm -hmm. just reveling in how gracious mm -hmm. God has been to gift us with these bodies and these minds and hearts and the nervous system and so complicated, yep. so complicated and yet fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. And that he would allow that or place within us or gift us with desires. Yes. And yeah. that that would mean something. And I, as you were mentioning earlier about the church, sometimes you get messages. You can't, you can't have a desire and you can't have an emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got to be the caboose or whatever they used mm -hmm. to say, <laughs> whatever all that is. Oh, it's important to know that there's so much mm -hmm. God given here. Oh yeah. And that we could wisely mm -hmm. with discernment, tease out this goodness exactly and in so many ways one of yeah. which is by reading your book and enacting what you're <laughs> saying you know there's just so many ways to yeah. come at all these things yeah I agree I, I wholeheartedly agree yeah I think it's yeah. C.S. Lewis who said it's not that our desires are too small it's or no it's not that our desires are too great it's that they're too small it's that we settle for playing in the mud um playing yes. in the mud instead of for desiring the, the gorgeous, beautiful things God wants for us. And oh, C.S. Lewis yeah. said some version of that. Yeah. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like a, you're setting for a teaspoon when you could have the ocean or something. Exactly. Someone else's. It's, yeah. yeah. So, no. yeah, I would love to be a more expansive person. And I'm finding that it happens, as you said, one, one step, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The expansion occurs mm -hmm. over time. That's just how mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm wondering, can we, let's look at Jesus for a minute now and even shift um, from selfishness to the idea of boundaries, which was the theme of your other book. But um, what can we learn from Jesus mm -hmm. when it comes to this self-empowering and, and even boundaries? Mm -hmm. uh, how does that happen in a healthy way? Yeah. And so kind of where, again, with this idea of selfhood, where I go is Jesus had a strong sense of self. And I think self, a strong sense of self is the foundational step to healthy boundaries. Most people want to start right to, at the boundaries. I need better boundaries. Well, yes, most of us do, but it boundaries flow from a strong sense of self. Otherwise we're in jeopardy of 
kind of either, you know, shutting everybody out, you know, our boundaries get off track, you know, we're either shutting out things that we don't want to shut out or we're, you know, if we're not connected again to that strong sense of self, our yeses and nos are not necessarily going to reflect this beautiful soul that God made. And so the more we are kind of connecting in to that strong sense of self, the more our yeses and our nos become really clear, become really powerful, become really a reflection of who God made us to be. And we see that example in Jesus. Jesus had the, the yeses and nos. And I go through, you know, I researched this. I went through it in the book, like the yeses and nos, he said, are very clear. They're very powerful. He said no to a lot of things. He said yes to taking time for himself. You know, and you can just tell he's he knows what he needs in any given moment. And he also knows in these different interactions he's having with other people, how to, how to respond in nuanced ways. He doesn't respond to everybody in the same way. He's present. He's centered. He knows he has a strong sense of self. He's connected to God. He's connected to himself, which allows him to enter into his relationships with tremendous skill and dexterity, where he's sometimes calling people out. He's sometimes calling people into grace. Um, It's just an amazing example of this interplay of having a strong sense of self being directed, you know, by that spirit led place inside and having really healthy boundaries with other people. Yeah, I'm wondering if you have an idea on this. Um, as you're sharing, I'm realizing, you know, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Yes, and we yes. talk about how um, I only, he says, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. And how could we borrow that? Like, practically speaking, what would it look like? Jesus obviously modeled for us everything you just said. And I can yeah. totally see that as I think about the Gospels. What do you think about his connection with the father mm-hmm. and what that built into him and what, how that informed his ability to do those things? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, he obviously had it seamlessly connected um, in a way that I think we can kind of glimpse, you know, every once in a while yeah. when you just have that sense of, I know I'm, but again, what was interesting to me, and we talk about this more in boundaries for yourself, this idea of the spirit led self. And we pull on, mm-hmm. you know, Henry Nowen's, um, he talks about there's a place in the side where we can hold ourselves in truth, meaning, and this is where I think the, the thing with emotions is, meaning we can witness our own anger, our own, all these different things that go on as a result of the world around us, where we kind of are honest with ourselves. We're not kind of spiritually bypassing. We're not pretending like, oh, we're just, you know, we're, we're being honest with ourselves, but also the Holy Spirit lives there too. So we're partnering it's inside of us. So there's a, there's a partnership there between us and God's spirit where we are leading ourselves from that place. And so it's yeah. not the absence of emotions. It's not the absence in our fallen word of where we get activated, where our nervous system goes into high gear, where we have to kind of do the pause. We have to take the breath, reconnect to that calm centered place inside and not just ignore what happened. But I think what the example is Jesus is, is, is discern how do I properly speak into this situation? Right. And somehow Jesus just did that, you know, obviously in this, but it wasn't, again, even in Jesus case, we see it wasn't the absence of emotions. There was emotion that he was not a passionless human as a human. So we know God is not passionless, right? The passions were there, but somehow he was able to kind of bring all that in and be so directed by God by by him, his own experience of the world to come out into his relationships with other people from that centered place yes. inside. 
And we see him doing that with anger. We see him again, we see him doing that with a whole range of emotions, um, but just never doing harm. You know, um, we sometimes our nervous systems get the best of us and we, uh, you know, we we fight when really what we should do is speak on behalf of our anger. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Here's your I can do that for this week. Pause for a moment and consider for yourself. How might you practice in a very small way stepping into your own agency today? What do you want and how might you step toward it? Remember, you're making your way forward one small, simple, and gracious step at a time. And another thing to remember, you can hear my entire conversation with Dr. Allison Cook when you join us in Replenish, online coaching and community for women. I talk with a lot of women, and common themes always emerge. Women want connection, belonging, coaching to support them on their journey, a safe place to share their hearts, and to be seen and heard without fixing or judgment. I've pulled together a team of women, including two other mentors and nine more women who serve as contributors. We deeply desire to journey with you as you make your way. You don't have to go it alone. We'll mentor, coach, and support you in all the major areas of your life, spiritual, emotional, mental, relational, physical, and vocational. So join us right now in Replenish. Go to unhurriedliving.com slash replenish, and I'll see you there.